Welcome to the Next Generation Podcast, where we help business owners connect to their profits and earn their freedom. Join us as we discuss ways you can grow your small business, build your wealth, and help others along the way. Here's your host, Dan Cotton. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Next Generation People and Profits Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and I'm going to be sitting down with you today to talk about the very important subject of athlete safety. For those of you who don't know, my full-time job is as a police officer. That's what I've done for the last 13 years, and six of it I spent working directly in the schools, working with kids, and investigating allegations of child physical and sexual abuse perpetrated by other children and by adults. So I have a long background in this subject. And the reason this comes up is because if you can't tell, I'm a little bit under the weather. My voice sounds different. I've been quarantined in my room. I don't believe I have Omicron, but to play it safe, I've been staying to myself, which means I had the opportunity to watch Cheer season two on Netflix. Now in full transparency, I didn't watch the whole season. I only watched episode one and then I skipped to episode five because I was told that that one had the most content in regard to uh, some things that were concerning in the cheer industry. Watching the episode, it turned my stomach Um, and it was, I didn't learn anything I didn't already know. I've stayed up to date on the news in regard to Jerry and the allegations that were made against him and his eventual arrest. Uh, But, and I also stayed up to date on the USA Today pieces about uh, all-star cheerleading. But seeing it put into that format uh, definitely just made the point all that much more real. And at the end of the day, I have a couple just quick things that I think I need to get off my chest. I need to say to everyone out there listening to this, you guys, we as owners, we hold the power. Okay. There is a lot of conversation about USASF and varsity and all these other entities who are supposed to be the ones solving the problem. But at the end of the day, we own it. It is our opportunity to solve. We are the ones that choose whether or not we tolerate this kind of behavior in our industry. We choose whether or not we support companies that support people who do these things. We vote with our dollar all the time. And we also decide what goes on within our four walls. So we have to actually be the ones who make this change happen. If it's not us, then who else? Who is going to protect these kids? It's our job. I believe in my heart of hearts that is, it is our truest mission to protect these children from harm. It's our job. We, we offer them a safe space. We tell them that this is their safe haven to come and be themselves and be in a place where they can learn and grow and become a better version of themselves. And if we are not doing everything we can to make sure that that space is safe, then we have failed. So this may be a little bit harsh and you may be sitting there going, I feel like Dan's coming for me. If you are someone who has been tolerating this behavior and you continue to endorse it, then yeah, I think the whole industry is coming for you. You need to change if you are one of the people contributing to this kind of behavior. And if you're not, but you're not sure what you need to do to safeguard your kids, I'm going to give you some advice. I'm going to talk to you about what I think needs to be done now, today, moving forward in every single gym. 
some basic stuff. We're not going to go into all the details. Number one is start hiring good people. Okay, do your background checks. Call all of their references. And if someone gives you a weird vibe in an interview and you're like, ah, they make me uncomfortable, then don't hire them. It doesn't matter if they can teach a kid how to do a double punch double. If they're not a good person or you wouldn't be comfortable leaving your child alone with them, then why would you expect that you're going to pay them to have other people pay you to leave their child with them? Right? Hire the right people who are in the sport for the right reasons because they love the sport and they want to help kids grow in it that don't have bad intent in their hearts. After that, you need to have policies and procedures in place that protect your kids and protect your staff members. You need to set them up in a certain way that they cannot put themselves into that position to make the bad decision. They shouldn't, your coaches should never be alone in the gym with another athlete. That is just a recipe for disaster. And even if they're the best person in the world, it doesn't matter because it opens the door for allegations. So you are protecting them from any potential allegations of, of bad deeds, right? And you're preventing them from doing it as well. So make sure that no staff member is ever alone in the gym with a child. That just shouldn't be happening. Now, you may be sitting there going, I'm a gym owner of one. Then make sure the parents stay and watch. I'm not saying it has to be someone paid, but you need to make sure there is another set of eyes there to know that things are going on the right way. Get video cameras in your gym so you can verify that those rules aren't being broken. You should have social media policies. You should have text messaging policies. You should have all sorts of digital media policies set in place of what is appropriate and what is not appropriate within your program. Don't allow coaches to be friends with kids on Snapchat. Don't allow them to message them on Snapchat and other social media apps that are designed to delete and go away after a message is sent. Those things should just shouldn't be allowed. We shouldn't tolerate them. It doesn't matter that they're the standard way of life now. Who cares? That doesn't mean we need to use it. It, it doesn't actually make things better for the communication between coach and athlete. Right? So have those policies in place. From there, you need to actually supervise your policies. You need to make sure that they're followed. And if they're not, there needs to be discipline in place for when they aren't followed. And then lastly, you need to educate, educate, educate your parents, educate your kids, educate your staff, teach them what is right and what is wrong and have them know where they can go to report something if something makes them uncomfortable. And when you get a report, you take it seriously. You don't just dismiss things, right? These things need to be taken seriously. And we have a step-by-step -step process that we present at our conferences for how to deal with allegations against a staff member, how to deal with these things. You need to be prepared in case that ever happens, you should have a policy in place on what happens if there is an allegation, right? Your staff should know this is the policy. There was an allegation made against me. This policy is what is followed. For us, they go on paid leave immediately and we defer our everything to law enforcement. If there's an allegation of sexual or physical abuse, done immediately. So have those policies in place and then educate. Educate people. You know, there are a lot of resources out there for education. There is the safe sport training, which is actually pretty good for the coaches, 
Uh, there is the Safe at All-Star training, and then there's any training that you choose to put together for your families. And I will tell you that you getting up there in front of your staff, you getting up there in front of your families sends a much stronger message than you just putting on a video and saying, hey, you guys, this is really important. Watch this. And then having a discussion afterwards. Now, if that's all you're comfortable with, then do that thing. But there are so many other ways you can get that message across, whether it be a live video, a question and answer. Heck, if you ever need help, call me. I will come on as a guest. We can do a live and we can talk athlete safety with your families and your kids. If you're a member of NextGen, you're in the academy, I am here for you. Anytime you need that, you tell me and I will do it. I will make it happen because that's how important this is. It is that important that we protect these kids from any more harm. We spend so much time learning how to train a skill safely, how to make sure that we're preventing athletes from physical injury. The injuries from sexual and physical abuse go so much deeper and are so much harder to repair than any blown knee, dislocated elbow, broken nose. These things will last with them for the rest of their lives. They will impact their marriage, their relationships, their relationships with their kids. These things are serious. We owe it to these kids and to these parents who are trusting us with their children to protect them from this kind of harm. I can't say it any more seriously, you guys. We've got to step up. And I'm part of it, too. I need to step up, too. I need to make sure that I'm doing an even better job of checking into everything. That I'm not bringing out choreographers or um, instructors for clinics that aren't the right people. And I think I've done a better job of it, but you got to do your due diligence, people. And even then, you still have to supervise them. It doesn't matter how highly recommended they come. You still have to have those securities in place. Because you can just get on Google and you can look for loved pastor or loved coach of any given state arrested for sex crimes. And you'll find stories. Because it's people who are trusted in that manner that are the biggest threat because everyone always says it could never be them. They're such a great person. But you truly don't know what's in their heart at all times. I mean, we want to believe that. And I'm not saying you should live in this world where you just don't trust anyone, but you also can do yourself a favor and not run the risk, right? You have those safeguards in place. You make it so it's impossible if they, even if they do have ill intent, it's impossible for them to act on it within your gym. Your kids know that a choreographer should never be texting them after choreography. Your parents know that that's inappropriate behavior. Your parents know that you would never, a staff member would never have a kid come to the gym by themselves to meet them or meet them outside of the gym in some private space, right? Have those Educate your parents. Have those rules. Teach them what right looks like because it is so important. It is so important. You know, one of the things that you have to be on the lookout for are are signs of abuse. And I think Safe Sport does a really good job talking about some signs of abuse. Um, But there are some things to look for. One, a, a drastic change in an athlete's behavior 
might be a sign that something is going on. And, and maybe it has nothing to do with physical or sexual abuse. It may just be something going on in their life. But big changes in behavior can oftentimes be an indicator that some sort of acute issue is, has happened. Look for what appear to be inappropriate relationships between staff and athletes. Or this, could, this doesn't just have to be staff, you guys. This could be a dad in your program. Or this could be an adult on one of your open teams or your international team. Or, heck, you could have a senior team where you have a 19-year-old on the team and a 13-year-old on the squad. That was the age difference between the boys and Jerry. You have to be on top of those things and you have to look at what are the inappropriate relations, what are these relationships like? Are they, are they age appropriate? Is this kid serving as a mentor to this younger athlete or are they spending a lot of time together? Are they going on drives together? Are they showing up to practice together? Those are concerning behaviors. And you should be having conversations with your adult age athletes on teams with non-adult athletes to make sure they understand where that line is and how non-negotiable it is. Because it's really easy at 18 and 19 years old to think it's no big deal, or I'm just joking around, or I'm just having a little bit of fun, and I'm never going to get caught talking to this kid, oh yeah, they're four years younger than me. It doesn't matter. In my state, if you're three years and one day younger, it is a felony. And it is a big deal, and I've seen kids get charged for it. And when I say kids, I mean 18-year-olds. Because for me, that's a kid. Yes, they're a legal adult. But they're still making kid mistakes. We need to be on the lookout for these warning signs so we can potentially intervene. Now, am I trying to, I'm not trying to throw stones. I'm not saying there were warning signs with this current situation. I don't know anything about it beyond what's been reported in the media and what I've seen online. I don't know anything about that situation. But what I can tell you is, in most of these circumstances, there has been at least one instance of someone who was concerned and didn't say something because they didn't want to make someone look bad or they didn't want to start drama or they didn't want to hurt their kid's reputation or the kid didn't want to hurt their reputation. Be on the lookout for these things because we can actually take steps to intervene in the circumstances before they occur. If there is an allegation, you need to take it seriously. I'm going to give you the quick down and dirty. One, if an allegation is brought to your attention by the actual victim, listen. Don't ask a lot of questions. Figure out what you need to do next. And it's generally going to be to contact law enforcement and or their parents. Unless the parents are potentially the perpetrator and defer everything from that point on to law enforcement. Don't do an interview. Don't ask specific questions. We don't want to make people have to relive trauma multiple times. Right? Defer it to law enforcement. If you get a third-party allegation or a fifth party, meaning they heard it from someone who heard it from someone who heard it from someone, then it's up to you on whether or not you want to dig into that a little bit more and see if you can actually go to the source and say, hey, I've, I've heard... There's a rumor going around of this information. 
I would, I would love if you trust me to tell me what's going on. I would love to hear that from you and just hear what your, what your truth is and leave it at that. And then even then I would still make a report to DHS or your, your child protective services because you're a mandatory reporter and any allegation of inappropriate behavior should be reported to them. It leave it to that agency to clear it out and not interview the, the child. That's up to them. That's not up to you. Take that liability off of your plate, report it up, and you're also giving them the opportunity and you're creating a pattern of report. Because what you don't know is maybe there were two other reports and now your third report makes them go, hmm, this, this has some credibility. We're hearing this from multiple angles. Let's go talk to this, this kiddo. Take it seriously and defer it. We're all cheerleading coaches and we're all way too invested. So at the end of the day, we aren't poised to do these investigations. That's not our expertise. That's not what we're trained to do. I'm a moderate expert in it, and I still shouldn't even be doing it for my own gym, for my own kids. Right? That's not, that's not our role at that time. Our role is to support and protect. From there, if it is a staff member, you should be setting up safety protocols. You should... After you've coordinated with law enforcement, you should be putting that staff member on leave and you should be letting law enforcement know, hey, I have to, I have to put them on leave. So if you're going to interview them, this is your timeline because I can't let them be around kids again, if it's that serious. Now, if it is a, a loose allegation it's or it's a, they said something that hurt my feelings, right? You guys know how to tell the difference between something that is a, a serious sex abuse, physical abuse allegation versus a coach said something that hurt my feelings, right? Anytime a coach is sending mess, like inappropriate messages, things like that, that's a serious allegation too. That's more than just hurt my feelings. So we, we put that staff member on leave. We let law enforcement do the investigation. Once they're done, we take their information that they can provide us and we make a determination. Obviously, if they make an arrest, then you're not going to employ that person anymore, I would hope. If they don't make an arrest, then you have to get whatever information you can from them and then make your own decision on whether or not their behavior violated your policies and whether or not you can keep them employed. Now, is it possible that allegations can be made and then they end up being unfounded? Yes, that's, that is possible. But it's our job to safeguard these kids. It's our job to take the steps and make sure that they're in a safe environment. So don't hesitate to let a staff member go if you truly can't trust that they are making it that safe environment. And one of the things you can do is make sure that your gym is, is profitable and you have the staffing in place that no one staff member is completely irreplaceable. You may feel in your heart that they're irreplaceable because they mean that much to you, but no one staff member is irreplaceable. So you're not making a determination of, you're not letting things slide because, well, they're such a good coach. That should never, ever, ever be something that comes into our lexicon as an owner of a gym who is responsible for, for protecting children. I've already touched on this, but when we start thinking about who we could, should be concerned about, we oftentimes always think about the adult to young child inappropriate relationship. Um, we, we think about someone 
in their late 20s or 30s in a relationship with someone much, much, much younger in their teens or, or even younger, and that kind of inappropriate behavior. But there are so many other things that we need to be aware of. We need to be aware of, as I mentioned before, the athlete-to-athlete relationships, the parent-to-athlete relationships, the coach-to-athlete relationships. They all play a factor. If you have junior coaches in your program, that's another circumstance to really be aware of because now staff start to see them as peers, but they're younger, they're under the age of 18. So again, these are all things to really be on top of and monitoring. And even then, you need to be concerned about every outside person that steps foot in your doors. Every choreographer, every coach of a clinic, any adult that comes into your facility, you should have a good feeling on how they're going to conduct themselves, and you should make sure that they are not being put in a position where anything inappropriate can happen, where they're not getting phone numbers for your athletes and you know, friending them on Snapchat and doing those kind of things. Now, it's entirely possible that your kids are going to want to follow their favorite camp coaches on social media. Okay, if they have a public profile and they're following it, that's one thing. But if they're now messaging back and forth, that's a whole nother. And that's something to be aware of. And that's something to talk to your staff, those guest staff about and talk to your kids about. Hey, guys, this is not how we interact with adults. All right. There are so many steps to be taken. And if we if we layer these protections, okay, think of it like we're building a wall and it's one brick at a time. And no one brick by itself is going to stop the tide. But if we continue to stack and stack and stack and put each other brick on top of each other, we can make a difference. We truly can, but it's going to take effort. It's going to take consideration. We're going to have to diligently work hard and not tolerate these kind of behaviors in our industry anymore. We're better than this. We are an industry designed to protect, like, to grow children. That's what we do. You can't be an industry that does that and ignores behaviors that harm kids directly. I know this was a heavy episode, everyone. If you stayed till the end, I truly appreciate it. If you can't tell, this has been weighing weighing on my heart. And I hope no one feels that I was too hard on you. Um, I Obviously, I don't even know who's listening. I'm being hard on our industry as a whole because I think we owe so much to the kids and the families that trust us. It's a huge responsibility. If you need help, please don't ever hesitate to reach out to me. I am here to protect kids too. I want to see your business thrive and I want to see all the kids in your business love being in your gym and know that it is the safest place in the world for them to be. Thank you for listening. Next time, I promise we'll be back onto the making money, business-oriented stuff and we will be a little bit more lighthearted and hopefully my voice will be back and returned and normal. With that, take care, everyone, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Next Generation, Connecting People and Profits podcast. If you love this content, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and head over to our website to sign up for our emails with tips and tricks on how to grow your business.